0: capital of the world. Bring
1: your lunch.
0: It's the T.C. Martin Show.
1: With a flex of the muscles.
0: Diagnosis.
1: Just look at that. Oh, my goodness.
0: Prognosis. So he does a lot of things out on the floor, including dunk. Osmosis. Wow. He can really bounce off the floor.
2: It's the doctor. The, and the hammer for Oliver. We got a five-point game, three minutes to go. T.C. Martin.
1: And a very good Friday afternoon to you, TC Martin, Ballpark Frank, live from the STN Mobile App Sports Studio here at the Sunset Station. No better place to be here on a Friday. The place is hopping, we're rolling. The sports book is alive and well, and of course the eateries fantastic here. It is Sunset Station here on a Friday afternoon. It is the TC Martin Show, of course, streaming live tcmartinshow.com and uh, we are glad that you are joining us today because we've got a busy day we got plenty to talk about the nfl maybe postponements a thing of the past we saw you know quite a few of those last year because of covid nfl is saying now nah, let's go straight to forfeits we'll dive into that today and our good doctor our friendly doctor dr christina madison roseman university the public health pharmacist She will be in the house and she will join us. So we will talk COVID-19 issues with the NFL. NFL basically making a statement and saying, hey, players, if you want to play, you got to get vaccinated. If you're not going to get vaccinated, you're not going to get paid. So we're going to dive into that, get uh, Christina Madison's thoughts on that, as well as the Olympic Games. The opening ceremonies officially have already taken place uh, in front of no fans. So uh, Frank and I, of course, will dive into that. Both big Olympic guys and uh, Christina Madison has plenty of thoughts on that as well too from a COVID perspective as the cases continue to, the positive COVID cases unfortunately continue to climb. So look forward to uh, talking to Christina Madison about that. Marco D'Angelo is going to join us. Our handicapper friend, yes, who just got back from Del Mar, by the way. Uh, Opening week at Del Mar, him and Double B, Brian Benowitz were both there. So we will get his thoughts on that, but we're going to talk to Marco All things betting today, specifically Team USA, their chances in basketball, the women as well, Uh, women obviously gold medal favorites, the men are still the favorites, but they're going to be tested against France at their first game Sunday morning at 8 a.m. in the three-on-three, Kelsey Plum, Jackie Young, Las Vegas Aces, well if you're up late like Frank is, you can watch them at uh, 145 uh, this morning, Frank, so get ready.
3: Yeah, I, I should probably be up around then. I was watching men's soccer last night, so, I mean, why not be up for that? Boy, and I'll tell you what. I mean, I know that you're a big Germany fan when it comes to the soccer in the World Cup and that. You're probably not a big Germany fan of this team that they sent to the Olympics. I never am, they, they, yeah. They didn't yeah. send hardly anybody. Yeah. Brazil, was absolutely, Brazil was up 3 nothing at the after the first half probably should have been at least four or five to nothing they had a penalty kick that they didn't make i mean this german team and they said it they said they had a hard time getting people to commit to this olympic team so but yeah i was watching some of that and watched the replay of usa canada a little bit in women's softball and i got to say that's an embarrassment what they've did with that field there for the women's softball it's just it's no respect whatsoever and then I find out that it's actually quite a ways out of Tokyo or something. But, but yeah, I am looking forward to the Olympics. And got to give a shout-out as well. You mentioned how things are jumping around here. When I was pulling in here, went by uh, Freddy's, one of your favorite places, one of our favorite places. Boy, it looked like it was jumping over there, too. It looked like it
1: was packed. I was just there. I, I was part of the packness Exactly. And, uh, yeah, I had the uh... – the jalapeno pepper jack uh, burger, which uh, I now know that's you, a new thing, right? That's the new thing. It's a uh, well, not really a, a new thing. They've had it in in years past. I think it either came last year or the year before, and well, last year everything was kind of shut down. But yeah, they've had it for a couple of years, but it's seasonal, just like the key lime pie concrete Good. that they have. So uh, actually, I believe it's uh, till August the twenty fourth that you can get the jalapeno pepper jack burger, but I dove into one of those today, but you're right. Uh, so uh, it's a seasonal it hap- thing
3: that people would want to have, on, like that nasty McRib thing that you still think <laughs> is decent. So, wow, that is
1: good. Some of us did like the McRib, Yeah, you know? I, I, I don't know I why. don't know how. I, I know, I understand. I literally don't know how. I know. You know, Chuck would have like three a day. I mean, he, he loved that thing. And, yeah, fun, yeah, but. I don't know. Numbchuck loves a lot of things that I don't necessarily (laughs) love. So
3: (laughs) I'm not diving into a lot of stuff that Numbchuck does. (laughs) You're not a fan of Speed Dial (laughs) (laughs) Three? Never tried it? Don't see it happening.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Freddy's was buzzing, you know, definitely today, so no question about it, so get over to any of your uh, fine Freddy's locations for here in the Valley. All right, so a lot to touch on today, the NFL we talked about, uh, Major League Baseball Steve Sachs is going to join us today as well, too. Always love having Sachs on. Sachs so. at sunset. Sachs at sunset. <laughs> you said, I, I said earlier today when we were promoting, I said, you know, Sachs in the afternoon, and uh, he, he corrected me and said, you know, just so you know, there's no sacks in the morning on Fridays. And I'm going, I, 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 why, why not? And he goes, no, we, we don't do Fridays. So the other days of the week, no problem, but they take Fridays off. Friday's a day of rest for yeah. before a big weekend. So instead, we got sacks in the <laughs> afternoon with us today. So I guess he's saving himself up.
3: Just as long as Gnome Chuck doesn't play that crappy old song, Afternoon Delight. No, no. We, Boy, uh,
1: Starland Vocal Band.
3: That thing was lame. Yeah, that, that
1: was not good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Isn't it funny how you equate that? Uh, We're talking about Steve Sachs, Sachs in the Afternoon. Well, Sachs in the Afternoon is Afternoon Delight. Yeah. I mean, there's
3: no no doubt what Afternoon Delight was in that song. It wasn't they were going out to Freddy's to have a burger. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Things were pretty innocent in those early 70s. Uh, But that's why
3: they use a lot of innuendo and double
1: entendres and everything. This is true. (laughs) All right. we got to talk with Sachs regarding the Major League Baseball trading deadline. The uh, Tampa Bay Rays made a move with Nelson Cruz. So he is now a member of the Tampa Bay Rays coming over from Minnesota. So you get these teams this time year; they're in sell mode, you know, and you get the ones that think they're in contention and buy mode. What are the Cubs going to do? Are They, they... got
3: to sell. They can't be in
1: buy mode. Yeah. Isn't, it, isn't it weird? Because the Cubs, for all of those years in the past, when you and I were watching them, you know, going back 70s, 80s, and even part of the 90s, they were always in sell mode. And then over the last, you know, six, seven years, they became buyers. And now we're back to that again. We were talking about Chris Bryant being gone and, and Javi Baez, maybe Wilson Contreras. These guys all are going bye-bye. So. And that's the thing about it, too. And, and we had talked about
3: it with, I believe, Bozio and Sachs before that, you know, even if you're in sell mode, you can't go overboard. You don't want to, mar- you know, just get rid of everything You've still got to have a, a, a nice little base there and then hope that some of the youngsters that you're trading for and that sort of stuff turn out to be the players that you hope they're going to be. But, I mean, you know, it, it's not like they're in a total rebuild, but they definitely need some changes there on the north side. All
1: right. Speaking of uh, the north side in Chicago, uh, we go up about uh, an hour in 15 or 20 minutes. We go up north to Milwaukee, and we touched upon it yesterday about the Milwaukee Bucks uh, having the parade, saw some of the highlights uh, from the parade yesterday, uh, let's give you a little audio from uh, the parade yesterday because there there were some audible moments uh, that were there. But the, everyone, for the most part, behaved. Uh, we didn't hear about any burning cars, any any real nonsense. You know, we talked about you know what happened after the game. Unfortunately, there was uh, some shots that were fired. Uh, three people were wounded. About uh, you know twelve forty two a.m. A few hours after the Bucks won. Uh, the nba championship but uh, yesterday everything uh, pretty went, uh, went went pretty unscathed pretty smoothly fans were having a good time uh they they packed the water street area the deer district uh, a, a lot of fun here's Giannis addressing the crowd me we did it baby we did it
3: we did it man man this is our city this is our city, man. We did it, man. It's unbelievable.
1: Giannis, uh, very, very talkative with a lot of the people y- yesterday. he been doing a lot of interviews, was on the podium, obviously the crowd favorite. Uh, they were on the buses yesterday, and uh, he was simulating his free throws. Uh, had a basketball and was like taking his time, taking his sweet time, and obviously mocking everyone who had made fun of him, and you know, then shooting the basketball high into the crowd uh, yesterday as the, the parade wa- was going down Wisconsin Avenue. Now,
3: if it was a total mockery. Was the crowd hip enough to start counting while he was doing that? And, and that's what I don't know. I was listening for that, and that's what I was wondering. Because that would have made it extra funny Yeah. if uh, he was doing it and they were going, you know, yeah. one, two. <laughs> get up to, like, 15 or 16 before he shoots it into the crowd or right, something. Right, right. And, and just, just make a total mockery of it. Yeah. Then he could get a basketball that's just painted like the
1: sun. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> Well, yeah, Giannis. They should have contacted us before they planned this. Of course. This. Of course. So, you know, Giannis, obviously the star, uh, living living large. We played you the audio when he was at Chick-fil-A uh, the day before, you know, less than, what, uh, you know, 14 hours after winning the championship. But great stuff. People in Milwaukee having a fantastic time. But you know who the real star yesterday was for the Milwaukee Bucks at the parade? It was P.J. Tucker, and P.J. Tucker is one of those guys that we talked about, like Bobby Portis, you know, guys coming off the bench that really contributed, a veteran guy on this team, and he was just literally soaking up the moment, and I use the term soaking up the moment, as he had these basically $3,000 bottles of champagne that he was just chugging and chugging and sharing it with the crowd. And remember yesterday when we were talking to B.J. Armstrong, B.J. was saying that, hey, you know uh when we went with the bulls you know his coach told him don't be that guy that uh, you know something will come back to haunt you and, and don't you know play the fool or act the fool don't embarrass yourself don't embarrass yourself uh, so PJ Tucker kind of went in that direction but I don't think anyone is talking negatively about him because he wasn't having he was having fun but definitely PJ
2: Tucker was the life of the party you no know, it's crazy that's what everybody like I came here, they're like, yo, you got to, like, show, like, you got to be the dog. And I'm like, man, we we got dogs. Like, they just ain't, like, we, (laughs) like, I got here, like, we we already got dogs. They just don't know how to be dogs. And we going to be dogs. And our dogs is crazy. We got dogs, you hear me? Milwaukee, we dogs. (laughs) <laughs> you see, you see all these <laughs> what? 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 You can't make this up, man. These dudes, this organization, what we what we put together. You can't make this up. This ain't well. It don't no no nothing matter. Except what's going on right here, right now. That's all that matters. They say what they want. But they got to say we champs.
1: They are champs. And uh, P.J. Tucker, and people are chanting, you know, chug, chug, chug. And he obliged. He was chugging the champagne yesterday as well, too, having a, a, a lot of fun with the crowd.
3: Champagne's not really a chugging drink, necessarily. I mean, I, I, when I think of chugging something, not that I'm a big chugger of alcohol anyhow, but uh, champagne is not the first thing that would come to mind for me. Either chugging Champ- over your head or something like that or drinking it, but chugging? Not necessarily. My I don't know. Thing. You're the championship uh, Coke chugger. Do you chug Coke? I used to when I was younger. Yeah. Now. See. Yeah. I mean, uh, maybe that's one of the reasons I have some of the problems I'm having now. No, I used to be able to chug a two-liter bottle of Coke, but I made sure I got paid for it. But <laughs> but I also didn't win an NBA championship where I could afford a three-thousand
1: bottle of three-thousand-dollar bottle right. of Coke because that
3: would probably have real
1: Coke in it then. This is <laughs> true. All right, Bucks having a good time, Uh, fans having a good time. It really begs the question right now, uh, considering what's going on 120 miles up north in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers and that whole situation in Green Bay and the uncertainty uh, for a lot of fans up there, this is great timing for the Milwaukee Bucks. It's great for the city of Milwaukee because they do have the Brewers, but the Brewers, the way people look at at, uh, that team up there, they say this is great. They're one of the lower salary teams, even though they have increased over the last few years with Kristen Yelich and and in players like that. But you don't have the high expectations, you know, because playing that division, it's usually Cubs, it's Cardinals. Now even this year, you know, you got the Reds that are better, but the Brewers are playing fantastic baseball. And even though the Brewers have won the division before the NL Central, you just don't expect them to win a World Series. And we we talk about. You know, Milwaukee and the Bucks have clinging on to 1971, just like UNLV fans clinging on to 1989 and 90, Uh, and the Brewer fans. You know, they still are holding on to 1982, you know, with the Paul Molitor years and and that sort of thing. Trust me, I'm a Bears fan. You know, 85 is the year. Same thing. Yeah, it's it's been a while, right? So (laughs) you, you can relate to that. So the question here is, where does the Bucks fit in the landscape of Milwaukee? Sports fans, and you can even expand it because really, Wisconsin—they they just love the entire state. Whether it's Milwaukee, whether it's Green Bay, whether it's Madison—you know, for the Badgers. Do you think that maybe right now Milwaukee sports fans have got the Bucks maybe on top of the
3: Packers? Maybe because of the drama and the soap opera, and like you like you said, from being back there, and it's—I don't think it's a gigantic secret. Even a lot of Packer fans don't like Aaron Rodgers. I mean, they don't like him. I mean, they love his competitiveness. They love when he's winning and that kind of stuff. But he's never really embraced the city and the community and said, oh, this is what I love. This is where I want to be. This is... I mean, it's like he's always throwing things about threatening to leave or doing this or that or, you know, not always being the total consummate team guy in Wisconsin. You know, you don't see him up there singing on Wisconsin at a halftime of a Badger football game or something. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know where it is. To me, it almost seems like the Packers are number one. But maybe now, like you said, because of all the stuff there, maybe they're not. I know they love their Wisconsin sports teams. And the Bucks and Brewers are both kind of those teams like, well, if we make the playoffs, that would be nice. But now the expectations, because of Giannis being there, and because of being actually the favorite in the East a couple years, I think they are a little bit higher. And now that they've achieved everything, I could see that they, where they would really embrace that. I can also see where they would say, and I don't know if anybody mentioned this at the parade yesterday or anything going on, but... Uh, I can. It wouldn't surprise me at all if they started saying, we just won the NBA championship and we're the sixth pick. A team that didn't even make the playoffs in 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 the Warriors is, is above us. We're still getting no respect and we're the champs. So I could see them starting to play that card a little bit too. So it's like Milwaukee, I think a lot of people in their mind, and I haven't heard a lot of people say it, but I think a lot of people think, well, they won because of other teams' injuries and COVID and just the wackiness and that. I still don't think a lot of the country believes the Bucks are for real, even though they just won the damn thing.
1: It's kind of hard to, to feel that they, they're they not for real because they've been knocking on the doorstep for the past couple seasons. And this is the best roster that they've had. And sure, you you can make that argument. But remember, and we talked about this with B.J. Armstrong yesterday, it, the, the path is a lot easier in the East than Absolutely. it is in the West.
3: and But a lot of people thought that Brooklyn was the favorite, and if Correct. they had not had injuries, that they would have run over. Deservedly so. Right, yeah. and, and, and yeah. again, and I'm not saying that I'm one of those people that believes that about the Bucks, but maybe because they are small market and they're not on TV every week constantly where you're always seeing LeBron and you're seeing Steph and you're seeing the, the big Kevin three Durant, in Brooklyn right. and you're seeing, mm-hmm. you know, that's what the networks show because that's who people are tuning into. When you think of Milwaukee, you think of one guy. You know that's why all these highlights and everything that you know they're talking about him, but we know it was a team effort. We know that the other guys chipped in. We know that Middleton's been there with him the entire time, but I still don't know that anybody but diehard basketball fans really realize all that.
1: Yeah, and again, because of uh, you know the still in this pandemic leftover mode uh, from what happened last year. Again, this was a weird. NBA season, and then you look at the final with with the Phoenix Suns, and with these two teams, and you're right, there are people out there that say, well, this is kind of a one-off. But then when you look at Giannis, and you look how he dominated, nobody else, and I mean nobody else in recent memory, has turned in 50-point games in a game clincher. 50 points, 14 rebounds, repeatedly 35- and 40-point games. You know, numerous forty point games during the course of these playoffs. So the Bucks have got to command your attention and it's more than just a one man show. It is Giannis, it is Middleton, it is Drew Holiday, and I'm glad to see that all of these guys are getting the recognition, like Bobby Portis and PJ Tucker, and even Brooke Lopez. Again, when you look at the Milwaukee Bucks, if they keep this team together, yes, they could be like the recent Golden State Warriors. They really could be. So, you know, time will tell. Good for Milwaukee. Like I've said before, happy for the the city, the community, the state, all of that, uh, a feel-good story. And, uh, yeah, it's, you know, people are excited about the Green Bay Packers. They'll all, always be excited. Training camp, you know, next week. But uh, this is just a, a great shining moment uh, for the state of Wisconsin right now with the Bucks. so congratulations it would to them. Be, it, not to cut you off, mm. it would be interesting if there was a poll or something up
3: there in the Milwaukee Papers or something asking that very question. Mm. Rank your favorite Milwaukee teams right now. And maybe give reason or something like that, even if you want to. But but it would be interesting because everybody, I mean, everybody thinks of Wisconsin as Packers. Packers, Packers, Packers. Oh, yeah, and they also love their college team. And if the other teams do good, okay. But, but with what Milwaukee's done, and like you said, that they have been right there. This isn't a fluke. They've been there before. In fact, before they were the favorites and they didn't get it done. Now that they get it done, and because of the drama and Aaron Rodgers and everything else, have they... I still don't think they've overtaken the Packers, but how much of a dent have they put in there? How much closer
1: are they? Well, I've said this before. You know, Milwaukee has always been a huge NBA town. Always. I mean, even those doldrums that I pointed out. You know, the the thirteen seasons I was there, eleven losing, and they would still draw. And when they're good, man, I mean, they really get vocal and, and they show out. But it's not like some of these arenas where you see 6,000 fans show up. Milwaukee never had that. Even on these those doldrum years, you know, where they won fifteen games, there were still you know twelve to fourteen thousand fans that were going to their games. And you didn't see paper bags and stuff no, like that, that no. kind of
3: crazy no. stuff. Or... No, you
1: didn't. You didn't. And again, it's just it's it's a community. That's why I use the the term community a lot. City, community, state, with that that organization. Milwaukee's like a big town, and they love their Brewers too. They love their Brewers. So right now, I think you can make the argu- Argument if you just Pulled milwaukee fans people who live in milwaukee all right and the surrounding community there i say that they'll probably say buck's number one right now and again brewer's not far behind you know packers are definitely there but you got to remember too there were a lot of milwaukee fans that were upset you know going back 20 years ago when the packers moved out of milwaukee i mean when i say moved they would they would have half of their home games you know, in Milwaukee at Old yeah, County, County Stadium. Stadium yeah. Exactly. And then now they still have the Milwaukee season ticket holders, okay? And they give them two games a year now. During and They also give them a preseason game as well, too. So there's the green package, which is the Green Bay uh, season ticket holders. The gold package is the Milwaukee uh, season ticket holders. And they do slight them, I mean, because – you know the two games that the Milwaukee season ticket holders always get. Eh, it's usually like the Lions and then some somebody like the Titans or somebody like that. You know. But at least giving them the Lions, you know, you get a win. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> what that, But you know, what I'm saying it's never really the marquee games. No, no, I know. And a lot of people complain. Totally I know. And a lot of people complained about that too. So they've tried to okay, we have got to treat these guys a little bit better. But then again, you know, when you have eight home games, eight uh, regular season games at Lambeau Field, and you're giving the gold package only two games. And the Green Bay gets six. So there is that little bit, a little bit of animosity from those fans in Milwaukee. More of the reasons why I say Bucks number one in Milwaukee. Now, it's also
3: going to be interesting to see how you said that there's slighted packages right now. Now with the 17-game schedule, <laughs> you get that extra home game. How does that go? Yeah. You know, I mean, some teams will play in a neutral game. Some teams will have to play that extra game on the road. But, you know, it's, it, it,
1: will they be slighted mm-hmm. even more? We'll see. All right, uh, sticking in the NFL, uh, you know, big news here today with the NFL taking a hard line against players who are choosing not to be vaccinated against the COVID-19, and some players are not happy about this at all. So the the latest with this story is is pretty crazy, uh, but, again, it, I guess it depends on which side you're on there. So the NFL sent out a memo to all the teams and laid out what the consequences will be for teams that experience breakouts caused by unvaccinated players. NFL will no longer be bending over backwards to postpone games or to reschedule games if a breakout occurs. I don't know how you feel about this, but for me, I love it. And I think all sports fans love it, especially football fans, because you get geared up for a game with your team. And not even if it's just your team, just say if you're just a football fan and you're gearing up. For Sunday afternoons, and you, of course you got Monday night football, and you got the Thursday and all that stuff. But you're gearing up for basically one, two games a week that you really want to see. And how many times? Well, that game got got postponed or canceled, or we got to move it from a Thursday to a Saturday, to a Monday, to a Tuesday. What would, what would we have like two or three Tuesday? Night games last year? I mean, was ridiculous. They, was they got it, two of them. Was it the Steelers that had one of the games? Yes. It was a The Thursday game yes. that got all the yep.
3: way pushed the, to a Tuesday? T- t- exactly. I mean, yeah. it, it was almost a week later from what yes. their original date
1: was. And I get it. The NFL wanted to be very careful and cautious, and they went against some some public scrutiny last year because, oh, you guys don't care about COVID. You're, you know, s- still trucking through with your season. Because that was the argument. They said, no, we're going through with this. We got a multi-billion dollar television contract, and we know our fans want to see our product. And so now you figure, okay, COVID's behind. You know, the Raiders, Mark Davis says no fans, inaugural year, Allegiant Stadium. Including himself. Including himself, absolutely. And then now it's like, hey, 65,000, they're going to be there. All fan, uh, all stadiums have, have opened it up. And uh, so now we're getting to this again with this Delta variance. There's this scare out there, and then people are looking at what's happening with the Olympics where no fans are allowed. So uh, the NFL is saying, you know what? We're we're going to go no nonsense. We want our players to be vaccinated, and you got to be vaccinated. And this isn't just an idle threat with them. I mean, they are riding this thing out. So again, no longer are are they going to you know you know tolerate just you know postponements. They don't want that. So the vaccine is is required for all tier one staff. Employees of an NFL team. That includes coaches, front-off ex- executives, equipment managers, and scouts. Players are not required to receive the vaccine but will face now strict protocols during training camp, which you know, for a couple teams is already underway and for everyone else here next week. Uh, so they're going to have strict protocols in training camp and throughout the season and uh, that vaccinated players will be able to forego. So if you're vaccinated, you don't have to go through a lot of these hoops. Another one of the incentives there. And when we're seeing, you know, cash incentives for people to get vaccinated, the NFL players, for some reason, they don't want to get vaccinated. It's just not the players, it's the coaches. The story came out today that Rick Dennison, the offensive line coach for the Minnesota Vikings, the past two seasons, he was fired for refusing to get the vaccination. So Rick Dennison lost his job, and it goes back to what I said where it's required for all coaching staffs in the NFL, all tier one employees. Dennison says, No, I'm not gonna do it, he lost his job. Well
3: yeah, I mean it- and I agree with you. I mean, I, I still don't understand why so many people are against it. I mean, the stupid theory of they're putting a chip in your arm or something like that and they're following you. You have a cell phone in your pocket. They follow you around 24-7 now. They know everywhere you're at. So I've never understood that. They, As we've talked to Dr. Christina before and that, you know, there's no way that they could put it in because it wouldn't go through the needle and everything else. But whatever the reason is that they're not getting vaccinated. But, boy, I'm just wondering if there's not some lawyers out there salivating over stuff like this how every time you turn on tv now it's like if you were ever in a, this situation or that before call us now or something somebody is going to be getting lawyers in a couple years down the road saying if you were let go from your job because you didn't get a vaccination well then we got a thing for you because i don't know what are the all the legalities and ramifications are but you know there's going to be somebody mm-hmm. fighting this down the road
1: So players are not happy about this. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, Leonard Fournette, uh, very vocal about this, took to social media. Hopkins now with the Arizona Cardinals said, um, here's his quote, never thought I would say this, but being put in a position to hurt my team because I don't want to partake in the vaccine is making me question my future in the NFL. That's how strong he feels about this. Leonard Fournette says, vaccine can't do it. So, Okay, tell me why. Yeah,
3: exactly. Just don't say vaccine can't do it. Why can't you do it? Why are you so
1: adamant against it? And don't you believe that these same players have taken flu shots? I mean, they're not, it's not like they're uh, fearful of needles. The, I mean, they get shot been... up all the time, right? Cortisone and everything.
3: They get blood draws all the time. They, they go to physicals all the time. Yeah. They all have tattoos. Yeah. It kills me when somebody yeah. says, I'm afraid of needles, and they have tattoos all over themselves. Yeah. What do you think the ink came through? Mm-hmm. Yes, it's not actually shooting it into your arm, but it kind of is.
1: So, yeah, the NFL forfeit policy in effect here. So this is a big dividing line, and this will probably overshadow a lot of things that are going to start taking place in training camp. So, to be continued with this, Dr. Christina Madison, we're going to ask her some questions. She'll have some thoughts on this uh, as well, too, a little bit later on. Alright, we come back. Steve Sachs is going to join us. We've got to talk a little Major League Baseball. Always fun when Sachs joins us. You never know what he's going to say, but as we now get ready for the second half of the Major League Baseball season. I
2: do exactly what I want to do. It's It's The the Doctor, T.C. Martin. You say I'm insane? I say thank you very much! The Doctor is now in.
1: Alright, I know you're a movie guy, like I'm a movie guy, right? We've got a movie premiere that's happening Monday, and we got a T.C. Martin show exclusive to go see... A new movie that's coming out and is debuting called Under the Palm Tree. And I've got tickets that I want to give away.
3: So it's a premiere. It's, it's a not premiere. even debuting yet. The yeah. general public can't go to this yet. No. This is before. Correct. People, the general public can see it. You will be the first
1: to see it anytime, anywhere, anywhere. Number one for the movie. That's true, and it's a red carpet event. It's Monday, four o'clock at the Galaxy Theaters at the Boulevard Mall. I've got free tickets to. I'm gonna throw it out to, I would say, feeling generous today. Like I'd say, like the first ten callers that call us today, and, and, and we'll give you two tickets to go see this. Now, this is part of the AOF international film festival that's taking place here in las vegas all next week and it's at like i said the galaxy theaters boulevard mall it's part of a film festival and uh, a a good friend of mine is involved in the uh, one of the producers of this movie it's called under the palm tree it's a suspense thriller uh it's i I don't want to give anything away but you could probably google it and you can see some of my social media posts that are out there as well too but uh, yeah suspense thriller type of thing and a couple people that I've talked to about this, they said, uh, it's, including the Las Vegas Aces, they go, this is my kind of show. This is it. So, yes, all you got to do is call NUMCHUCK. And we got a VIP um, will call list for you. Just call us 702 221 7283. Tell NUMCHUCK that you want to go. It's got to be Monday, 4 o'clock. It'll be part of the Red Carpet Treatment. We will be broadcasting the show live, so you can come by early and see us from 2 to 4 p.m. at the Galaxy Theaters, Boulevard Mall. I'll be there. Ballpark Frank will be there. And, of course, uh, the cast of Under the Palm Tree, including former three-time world champion Tony the Tiger Lopez, who is in the movie, my guy, uh, is in the movie, and also... Uh, Stitch Duran is going to join us on Monday as well, too. So oh, another right, reason, cool. So another reason. So Stitch and his lovely wife? Right. Well, because remember, we you, you heard the story. We talked about the story. Who was Stitch's very first champion who he was in the corner of? Tony the Tiger Lopez. So I get to put these guys together on Monday at the Boulevard Mall so you can come early, watch the show. You get the VIP treatment, red carpet, and you're going to the movies for free. So uh, all you got to do is call. Anytime during the show today, 702 221 7283. You'll be one of the first to see Under the Palm Tree Monday afternoon for the premiere. And it's not Saks Under the Palm
3: Tree, but we do have
1: Saks in the Afternoon coming up. This is it. Well, he's here right now. There he is. Saks in the Morning, the podcast. It is going on right now. It's going off like gangbusters, And uh, but we, he's taking the day off for the morning because he could be with us in the afternoon. So here he is, Saks in the Afternoon. What's going on? This, this should be another podcast. It should be another segment. Can we get this thing sponsored? What's going on?
0: Well, well, well yeah, that's why we're going to call your, your station up and ask you to sponsor it because we want you to put it on, on. Oh, the air. So, nothing wrong
1: with that. So, what's going so, on? so, that's coming. That's it? That's coming. That's it. So, give us, a, what are the yeah. early reviews of Sacks in the Morning? Oh, I'm telling you what, I've, I've had reviews
0: from, I love it, oh my god, it's great. I had a, a, a friend of ours call this morning, and she said, you made her cry, the last one. Yeah, I had the first one with my brother and I from the first long-form podcast, which is about 30 to 40 minutes. Uh, the other ones are like uh, two to four-minute uh, blurbs in the morning. But the long-form was the first one that we launched yesterday. And, yeah, we got some really good reviews. But the further on we go, we're going to have Hall of Famers on. We're going to have current players on. We're going to have people from the music industry. We're going to have people from the money industry to talk about money and life and all, all kinds of different things.
1: And the broadcasters, you get in the broadcast industry, right? You have some broadcasters on, right?
0: Yeah, why not? Yeah, TC, you're a broadcaster, right?
1: So <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know, like, like I'm not inviting myself on there, but I just did. You know, I think I did. another one. And and you, by just, the way,
0: but, I, wanted to, I wanted to I wanted to tell you guys something. My yeah. you know my nephew is in the Red Sox organization, right? Yes. And uh, this this morning he got a text like at two in the morning. Says when you get up. Come to the come to the uh, you know to the stadium, but he just got called up to double A. So wow, uh, he's just uh, you know basically one call away now. Because lots of times they call they call uh, players up from double A. That's where the best prospects are. Um, that's where I got called up from is double A. So you know he he could be in the big leagues by next year.
1: That would be outstanding, Red Sox organization, huh? How do you feel about that? Yeah,
0: I feel great about it. Um, he was drafted by Tampa out of college, uh, you know, two years ago. And uh, behind Bloom, who was the GM, and then he went to he went to uh, uh, the Red Sox uh, this year. And within five days of being at the Red Sox, he put in a trade with Tampa and got Nick, my my nephew, back to the Red Sox where he was. So I think he likes my nephew pretty much.
1: All right. So uh, we got to tell everyone uh, your nephew's name so we can start following him, man.
0: Yeah. yeah. Nick Stogard. It's, uh, you know, Eric Stogard, right? That's yeah. his cousin.
1: Yeah, there so you go. It's, uh,
0: Eric's oh. cousin, who is also my nephew. Uh, my sister's—it's my sister's boy.
1: Former so, uh a. you know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, so look at it. Uh, pretty, uh, pretty soon he could be in the big I could say by next year he could be there. So we'll see.
1: What position does he take after you? He's a he, He's infielder? an
0: infielder. Yeah, yep, there it is. In, infi- second, third, and short switch hitter. He can run. He's got power. He's hits eight home runs in sixty games. So. You got
1: some jack too. All right, man. That, that, we'll keep yeah. an eye out for Nick. That's all. That's awesome. Cool. Congratulations, man. Yeah. That was great. Thank now, you. Yeah. And, ke- and, keep nice. it, and keep it in the family here. You mentioned your brother Dave on the podcast, and for a lot of people that don't know, Dave Sachs also uh, you know played in the big leagues, played for the Dodgers, and uh, great story with you guys. Uh, you know, coming up, and I think one of the the interesting things that people like to ask that question, Steve, is like you know with Greg and Mike Maddox. Okay, both of those guys Uh went on to to great careers, but obviously, you know, people will look at both of those guys and they'll remember Greg a lot more than Mike. You know, Mike has had a fantastic, Mm -hmm. you know, coaching career, pitching coach, one of the best in Major League Baseball, no question about it. But, like, with Dave, obviously he didn't have the – the length of a career that you had and, and really the, um, um, you know, the success really, uh, how does that affect mm-hmm. the, how does that affect like with you guys? And I know you guys are tight and your communication and everything, but I mean, you know, when you see one brother, you want him to, to be as successful as, as, as you were. And I'm sure he wanted to yeah. be that, that same way, just real quickly, that dynamic within the family <laughs> and, and how you feel each, uh, about your respective careers and about each other.
0: Well, our our uh, baseball careers were so secondary to our relationship, I mean, we're brothers, first and foremost, and we were each other's biggest fans. I mean, we were, when we were both in the Yankee organization, my brother's in AAA, and I was on the big league team, for instance, he he would play his game, like, during the day, I would have a game at night, and he would go to a bar or a restaurant where the Yankee, where we were playing, the big league team was playing, where he could watch it, uh, and after the game, I'd call him, or he'd call me, and, we, and he'd tell me what I was doing wrong or right, and you know, it, it, we've always had uh, a great relationship like that where it's never been an issue with us. We've always been each other's biggest fans, and uh, it's never once in one second of our life made a difference at all.
3: Well, and, you know, it's interesting, too, because, you know, a lot of people say, wow, look at the difference in the talent. Just to get to the major leagues, you know that you got to be that talented. I mean, there was Hank and Tommy Aaron, and certainly one had a little better mm-hmm. career than the other one, but uh, but both of them were major league baseball players when all was said and done.
0: Yeah, that's that's right. And, and you know, a lot of it is, uh, you know, right place, right time. And that, that certainly happened right for me. When Davey Lopes was hurt, I was having the biggest year of my minor league career. Uh, and the strike happened, which enabled the front office to come and look at the players that were doing well. And they came and looked at me in San Antonio. And I, I hit a home run to win a game on the 4th of July, right when they were in town. So, you know, my stuff fell into the right and fell at the right time. And, you know, uh, I was fortunate to replace, you know, a, a guy that was in one of the longest running infields in history. And Davey Lopes, but my brother made to the big leagues too with a couple of teams, the Dodgers and the Red Sox. And so, you know, he had a very good career. He played, he had a long time. In, most of his career was in AAA. He played about ten years in AAA. So, you know, it's, he he was just one step away a lot of the time. But he got some time in the big leagues and. That's, that's more than most people
1: can say. Yeah. Now, great guy, too. Dave's uh, uh, yeah. one of my favorites. Both you guys. Fantastic. Yep. yep. Steve Sachs joins us. Thank the two time World Series champ, the five time All Star. All right, Steve. Uh, the news came down today. The breaking news the Cleveland Guardians. It's official. The name Indians is gone since 1915. 2021. Yeah. We now
0: yeah.
1: say goodbye. To the Indians, team owner Paul Dolan said last summer's social unrest touched off by the killing of George Floyd in Minneapolis spurred his intention to change the club's name. The organization spent most of this past year whittling down a list of potential names. They said they had about 1,200 names just over a month ago, uh, but the process which the team said uh, encompassed about 140 hours of interviews with fans, community leaders, front office personnel. They surveyed 40,000 fans. Then it quickly accelerated over the last month or so, and they land on Guardians. Steve Sachs, yeah. talk to me.
0: Uh, I think uh, I, I think uh, rapid Robert Feller is probably rolling over in his grave right now. Um <laughs> When I heard this news today, I wanted to throw up in my government-mandated mask. Uh, but uh, it, this is this has got to be this has got to be maybe the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. It's an example of where baseball is going, uh, and uh, it, it's it's just it's too bad. I mean, uh, this has been around since 1915, and and now it's not there anymore. I I, I don't get it. I, I mean, you know, uh, thank God the Atlanta Braves are. To their name, and it's a great name. It's uh, it's honoring the uh, the Indians, I think, Indian heritage, and, and uh, to change that and take that away from, my, I don't get it.
1: You know, here's the thing, and people, I think, get twisted with this, uh, with the Indians, and you know, spending a lot of time that I did in Wisconsin, you know, their organization up there, the Oneida. Uh, Indian community, and, they, and that, that's in it. I mean, you know, people, you know, when they have the casinos and they have their jobs and they have all this, they have a, a, a office there, a, a, their office, and it says it is the Oneida you know, Indian community, and we have that there right, right outside of Sacramento there as well, too, the Indian Auburn uh, community. Okay, and they're very mm-hmm. proud with that. If it was de- derogatory, it would not be in the title of the names of these organizations and the tribal lands that uh, that, that they reside on and, and own. And they're very proud of that. So where do we get that the Indians is derogatory? And like you said, let's 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 go back to the history, 1915, and again. You know, this guy's saying, "Well, we're going to single out, you know, the George Floyd situation, unfortunate incident. We understand that, but should that be the reason? That, are people going to correlate that? I don't think people are going to correlate that. And then we got to, you know, and, it was, it was, yeah,
0: it was a hor- it was a horrible situation. It was a horrible situation. But what does that have to do with the Cleveland Indians? Right. I, I mean, I, I just don't understand how you tie the two together. And uh, it's a it's a terrible thing. Um. Uh, you know, when I when I got involved in baseball, the last thing that I wanted to do or anybody that I knew wanted to do was get involved in the political part of this stuff. Uh, I mean, sports is a way to get away from politics, and, and it doesn't matter what side you're on. Everybody joins up together. You have a good time. Go out and have a beer. Cheer for your team. Have some laughs. I mean, isn't that what it's all about? Uh, it doesn't matter where you are in the, in the political spectrum. Go out with your brethren and have a great time. That's what it's about to me, and... I always felt it should be that way. This is this is troublesome to me.
3: Well, I'm a little bit confused with the fact that uh, they said they had 1,200 names. This is what they narrowed it down to. And the Guardians of what? Are they the Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah, are they legal answer. Guardians? Yeah. Are they Guardians of the Rock and Roll yeah. Hall of Fame? What are they? The, guardi- yeah. Yeah. the Guardians... What does I, that say? I, I don't even it. know exactly
1: what that means. Yeah, that's part two of this, too. Sure, okay.
0: sure it is. What is going Your on? mascots yeah. are supposed to be kind of intimidating. This is sure an intimidating intimidating mascot, isn't it? What are they, <laughs> what are they, guarding your car uh, at the parking lot? I don't know. I don't know what it means. Uh, it's just a, it's a very, it's a very neutral name. And I think that's what they were going for. You know, <laughs> it's, I, I, I don't understand it. Uh, I, I don't know how it was. I mean, I think the Indians are very proud of that. I mean, that's a tremendous organization. Anybody would love it. I mean, if it's bad, why do, why do these companies put their names on baseball stadiums? Mm-hmm. Is, is it bad? Or, or is the baseball team bad? I don't, I don't know what's, what, why they would do that if it's so bad. I mean, I think they want to keep a name with the baseball team.
1: And we've seen for the better part of, I don't know, the last decade, at least the last five or ten years, where the Indians have gone through a couple of different, you know, changes, you know, with uh, their hats and and not, you know, getting rid of the logo they use forever, you know, the the picture of the guy, the Indians' face with the teeth, and they thought, oh, that's derogatory. Now let's go back to yeah. the sea and that, all that sort of thing. I mean, when all that was happening, Steve, I mean, in, in all the years that you played against the Indians and – uh, d- did you view that as derogatory at all? <laughs> no. I mean, we all no, said it's kind I, of a cool I, I, logo. I, it's kind of goofy looking, but hey, uh, I, let me have a hat with that with that guy, whatever that is, that Indian with the yeah. big teeth. That's kind of cool.
0: Yeah, that's uh, Chief Nakahoma.
1: There you go, right? Exactly. Nakahomer.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. And right. no, he, that's
1: what, he was that's with the Braves, though, right? What his name is? Is that what the what's that about yeah, the Braves? Were, the Braves was Chief Nakahoma, right? Yeah, yeah. Is? The Braves was Chief Nakahoma, oh, right. wasn't it? Because yeah. he had the little that's cheapy right. out in left yeah. field the yeah. Yeah. and all yeah. that. And,
3: and I'm also yeah. wondering right yeah. now: Is the Washington football team going? Damn, we just lost the Guardian name.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, we wanted that one. I, I mean, out of 1,200, <laughs> that's the best they can come up with. I mean, I mean, come up with the come up with something else. You know, like the I don't know, the unicorns or the. Or the Otters. How about the or Rockers? Like that.
1: Let's just call it the Rockers. You know, I mean, that would have been Let's a good one because the Hall of is there. Exactly. Exactly. The, the Cleveland Rockers.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, that would have that, that been good. But uh. yeah, it's just, I don't understand it, guys. I'm, I mean, uh, it is what it is. I mean, I, I try not to get involved with it. I don't like to be involved in the political part of it. Uh, but it, it, it's hard to just see them change. That's a great franchise to, to this. I mean, you know, the, but the Atlanta Braves said they're not changing. They're going to stick with their mascot.
1: Right. And going back to Washington, what you're what you're talking about, you know, they're taking forever. They're going to take another season to really ponder this thing. I mean, I think, and you hit the nail on the head, Steve, neutral. I think the, the Washington football team wants to be as neutral as possible, and that's exactly what we've seen with the – the Cleveland baseball here.
3: Maybe that's why they didn't go with Rockers. Maybe they were afraid of upsetting country and hip-hop fans. <laughs>
0: there you go. No, I think what's going to happen, eventually, every team is going to be, uh, you know, the Los Angeles baseball club. Uh, it will be the, the Anaheim of uh, Los Angeles uh, yeah. baseball club. Uh, you know, by the time that we're all uh, gone from this earth, you, you can bet that that's where everything's going to go. It'll just be, it'll have to be so generic and neutral. Um, it's it's really the homogenization uh, of all these teams everybody must be the same and i think that's where it's going
1: homogenization and the whipification. steve sacks yes there it is his vocabulary that's outstanding it. and we it, well noted here on the tc martin show no <laughs> doubt uh chief wahoo that's actually chief wahoo and we should remember this yes. from the major league movies because they reference chief wahoo all the time too high too high yes. too high right? chief, <laughs> chief, chief, chief wahoo
0: He's, he's gonna, he's, I don't know what you are going to call him now. He's see you later. Yeah. I don't know. He's, yeah. he, he's out of here. Yeah. He's, so I don't know what they're. What's What's the mascot going to be of a guardian? That's what I want to know.
1: Uh, it's got to be some spin of of the movie, The Guardians of the Galaxy, something like that. It's got to be because this is where they're going nowadays. Maybe it'll be that, that, that tree have, guy that some, draws or something,
3: you, and then they'll make bats no. right off of him or something. Right.
0: You <laughs> can't You can't have somebody standing like a guardian on guard with like a. a you know, a sword or something, because that'll be too offensive. He's holding a weapon.
1: Oh, oh my
3: god!
0: <laughs> yeah. All
1: right, trading deadline, yeah. man. Uh, the 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 Tampa Bay Rays made a move. Nelson Cruz now a member yeah. of the Rays. Give me some thoughts.
0: One of the best hitters, uh, all around hitters. When you talk about a combination of, uh, of power and batting average, this guy's got it. I mean, he's he's all that. He's not one of these guys that hits two twenty and strikes out six hundred times, but will hit you thirty. Um, he's going to hit for average, you know anywhere from two eighty to three ten uh, and he's going to hit you thirty to forty legitimately. This guy will hit until he's fifty years old if he wishes and I, I'm not exaggerating one thing you don't lose when you get older is your ability to hit. you lose the lateral uh you know a way to go side to side with your foot speed, but you certainly don't you lose your ability to hit and Nelson Cruz hasn't shown any signs of that yet,
2: All
1: right. All right, uh, who's going to make some moves here? Are the Cubs in in a big time dump mode now? Because obviously, you you know Chris Bryant, he thinks he's gone. What Javi Baez, Wilson Contreras, the list goes on. Isn't it weird, Steve, how the Cubs were always that the the you know the sellers. All those years when they were terrible. Then all of a sudden, the last you know six, seven years, eight years or so, they became buyers because they had a little bit of money in the right. organization. And now, have we reverted back to 30 years ago when the the Cubs are now uh, sellers?
0: Well, they kicked a lot of the players off. I mean, Baez wanted to sign his multi-year deal. He's gone. Rizzo wanted to sign a multi-year deal. He's gone. Uh, you know, Craig Kimbrough resurrected his career, and you can bet, bet on it that he's going to test the free agent market they're going to trade him for sure, and they're going to trade Chris Bryant. He might bring uh, as much as, as uh, Bryant does, I mean, as much as uh, Kimbrell does, but, but those guys, all four of those guys are gone, uh, and they better trade him as soon as they can because every day just whittles off of, uh, this value a little bit when you consider that the team that they're going to be acquiring them has a limited amount of time to rent these guys. And, uh, you know, so the sooner they do it, the better.
1: All right, finally here, let's uh, take a look at the Dodgers. Uh, Kenley Jansen uh, blew another save last night against the Giants. Last two nights in a row against that team, three overall. Uh, all of a sudden, the Dodgers look very, very vulnerable uh, in the pitching department. And maybe not just all of a sudden. I mean, this has probably been an issue for this team uh, all season long. And here two nights ago, they get the comeback victory. It's like, hey, you know, they're in first place. Uh, you know, they, they finally caught the Giants. But now the Giants look like the better team. Give me your thoughts about Jansen and the Dodgers and the Giants.
0: Well, the, the Dodgers are going to get uh, Corey Seager back, so that's going to be a good thing for them. Uh, you know, obviously Dustin May is gone, uh, but getting Seager back is going to help. They need to get Cody Bellinger on track. He looks like the newest version of Jason Hayward right now. <laughs> he, just, he just can't do anything at the plate. Great defensive player, can run the bases, but... You know, making that uh, come off the bat the right way. He looks like he's hitting in one area, one zone, one path to swing, and uh, they'll eat you up in the big leagues if that's the case. So he's got to figure that out. Um, You know, but I think the Dodgers are going to have some guys getting healthy and they're going to be good along the stretch. The Giants have an unbelievably atrocious schedule the rest of the way. They play all the best teams the rest of the way. Remember that up until this point, they played the weakest schedule. Now they're going to have the toughest schedule the last couple months of the season. So we'll see what happens with that. And remember with the giants, everything has gone right. Buster Posey, unbelievable year. They caught lightning in the bottle with Kevin Gossman. They got the young guys that are killing it. Uh, Wilmer Flores is doing great in front of Longoria while he's out. So everything that they've done, including by, uh, you know, Brandon Crawford's having a career year, but you know, you got to hand it to the giants they're, they're When, when the time is tough and, and the chips are down, they're beating who they have to be. And so, uh, We'll see what happens in the second. The, this last part of the season, they have a really, really tough schedule.
1: Who comes out here to win this division? Is it the Dodgers? Is it the Giants? Is it the Padres?
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I think the Padres will be the second wild card team. I think it's a flip of the coin between the Dodgers and Giants right now. I mean, I don't know how how long the Giants can keep up this pace. It's just been unbelievable. And even though they have, they're just three games ahead of the Dodgers, and that can happen in one one weekend. We can see that turnaround. So. It's still a jump ball between these two teams,
1: and the Giants have plenty of injuries themselves. Like I said, Posey just came back, but you know Bell, yeah, you, know, right. you know they've had you know Longoria still uh, injured, and you look at this lineup yeah. that they're putting out there daily, and you're going, who are these guys?
0: It, it's it's unbelievable how they've done and how they pitched. They've been one of the best pitching teams uh, in all of baseball. The fundamentally, they played extremely well, uh, and all the people that have come in to uh, you know supplant the starters that that have been hurt. They've been doing a great job. Look at the job that, that we've seen from uh, uh, from Wilbur Flores at third base. He's been absolutely tremendous. Stephen Duggar's done a great job coming off the bench, when, and even when he's gotten his starts, he's done well. So, uh, you know, Donovan Solano's been great. The, the Giants are just having it all come together as well.
1: Does Gosman surprise you? Because for me, I've just, you know, I never really thought much of this guy. I mean, he struggled for, for many, many years in his career, and now all of a sudden this guy looks uh, phenomenal.
0: Well, his stuff has always been great. I mean, he's got top quality stuff. It's all about then health with him, and and then once he's healthy, uh, for him to get that out of his head, where you know he's not going to get hurt again, and that, that that breeds a lot of confidence. And I so I think what you're seeing with him is the guy that's healthy, he, he's got the confidence going for him, and he's putting it all on display with that great arsenal that he has: great, great changeup, great fastball, and the splitter and a curveball too. So. He's got all the goods. It's just a matter of putting it all together, and that's what he's doing right now.
1: Steve Sachs tells it like it is, the two-time World Series champ, five-time All-Star. Sachs in the Morning is the podcast, the short form, the long form. Catch it out. Saxy, tell them where they can find it.
0: You can go to your favorite uh, place where you get your podcast uh, launched, and it'll be right there. Just download Sachs in the Morning and uh, listen to the morning uh, uh, you know, uh, short things, uh, short versions that we have. Because it's really good to start your day. That's why it's called Sacks of the Morning.
1: And there you can also find them on Sirius XM MLB Network Radio XM eighty nine as well. So uh, check them there. All right, my man. Great stuff. Appreciate you all. as always. Have a great weekend, man.
3: Hey, and Steve, remember Take too, care, if you're ever out here in Vegas on Friday, you can join us down here at Sunset Station. It could be Sacks at Sunset.
1: There you go. <laughs> there. All right. <laughs> here you go. See, we got. Mar- all right. Thank we, you. I we, we, appreciate that. We got marketing galore for you, as you well know.
0: There you go. I, I love it. Take care, brother. I love it. Thank you, guys.
1: There he is, Steve Sachs. All right, Marco D'Angelo is going to join us on the other side of the hour, so hang tight for that. And plus, Dr. Christina Madison, we talk the NFL, we talk about uh, all of the COVID stuff that is happening uh, with the NFL, and also the Olympic Games underway as well. Fanless. T.C. Martin, Ballpark Frank, live on a Friday, a fabulous Friday from Sunset Station.